This is the Victory Podcast. Every week, we'll share an inspiring message about God's grace and forgiveness for you, wherever you're at in life. Your victory starts now. Hello, we're beginning a new sermon series today called United in Jesus We Trust. And we'll be focusing on Paul's letter to the Ephesians. So I'm going to read selected verses. This is a pretty complicated section. And so I'll try to maybe make uh, some explanation along the way. Paul begins, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Why is he praising him? Because he says, For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. Another reason he's praising God, he says, In love he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will to the praise of his glorious grace which he has freely given us in the one he loves. Another reason he's praising God, he says, Because in him we have redemption, we've been bought back through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us. Now, with all wisdom and understanding, he made known to us, he he made known something to us. What, What did God reveal to us? He says, he made known to us a mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ to be put in effect when times reach their fulfillment. What is his mysterious will? To bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth under Christ. And so Paul responds with prayer. Because God's going to do this, bring unity to all things. He says, For this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for God's people, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. I keep asking the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, that he may give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. Paul prays, I I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people, and his incomparably great power for us who believe. So he prays that we would see that, that we, have, um, we have power and a glorious inheritance. That power is the same as the mighty strength that he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every name that is invoked, not only in this present age, but also in the one to come. And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be the head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way." This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray. Lord God, I pray that you would use this message uh, to reach your people, that we would receive your word and become stronger for it, that we'd have more confidence in your plans, and that everything that would happen today would be done according to your glorious will. In your name we pray, amen. So when you see another political ad on TV, How do you respond? 
Are you the kind of person that, that either mutes the TV or changes the channel? Or maybe you're the kind of person that leans in and listens, maybe a little bit angry with a clenched fist. Why do you think uh, the political ads invoke such emotion? Well, that's what they're designed to do. And we know that, that there's a lot at stake, but, but so much of the political ads are designed to invoke emotion. Um, they're telling you that, that if the candidate that you choose doesn't win, you have so much to lose. And they're telling you that, that if your candidate does win, you have so much to gain. And I don't deny that there's a lot at stake in this election. And it's true that, that depending on whoever wins this election, your life in, is going to be different and, and mine too. But here's what I want you to know. That, that, that what really matters, when it comes to what really matters, this election doesn't need to make or break you. We're beginning a new sermon series called United in Jesus We Trust. Uh, we, we chose that, that idea because we do live in the United States of America, but when we say united, we want to focus on our unity in Jesus, that we have something even deeper and stronger than just being part of the same country. We are God's people. And we say, in Jesus we trust, because you might have heard, you know, you, you hear, uh, in God we trust, but as Christians, we have something much richer and deeper than just being, um, than, than, than just believing in some deity, some general deity. We put our faith in Jesus. In Jesus we trust. And because all that is true, uh, I, I want to answer this question today. Why? doesn't this election need to make or break you? Why doesn't this election need to make or break you? And to answer that question, we're going to go back to what Paul wrote in Ephesians chapter 1. I'm going to look at selected verses. And I want you to know that Paul was writing this letter from prison. He was writing this letter from prison because he had been imprisoned by a corrupt government. The Roman Empire was persecuting Christians, and so he was imprisoned for his faith. And yet... Paul doesn't begin this letter lamenting the corrupt government and all of the problems going on in the, in the political realm. He begins this letter with praise. And so he says this, he says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Paul praises God for the blessings, the many spiritual blessings that he has in Christ because he knows Rome could stop him from traveling and preaching. Rome could do all sorts of things. Rome could put him in prison, could take all his money, could do all these different things. But there were some things that he had in Christ that even the Roman government couldn't take away from Paul. Politicians today are, are warning us that if we don't vote for their candidate, we're going to lose something. And I don't know what you're concerned about losing. And, and as I've already said, you know, you might lose some things. Your world is going to be different depending on which candidate wins the election. But I want you to know that, that Paul is telling us that there are some things that we can't lose no matter who's in power. There are some things that, that nobody can take from us. And so Paul goes on to explain those things that we can't lose no matter who's in power. He says, 
for he, for God, for he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. Paul says that before we choose our next candidate, God chose us. In fact, God chose you before the creation of the world. And he chose you because he wanted to do something for you. He wanted to do something in you and for you. In Christ Jesus, he says, you have become holy and blameless. That when you stand before God on the last day, you're going to be holy and blameless. And that's super good news. I think one of the hardest parts about this political season has been watching the, all the, the personal attacks. You know, a great deal of money and a great deal of, of energy has been spent on both sides to hunt down all of the sins in the other person's life. The sins in their life, the sins in their family's life, and then to spend a great deal of money publishing um, all of their sins to the world. I mean, just think if, if that was done to any one of you and, and, and me. That, that someone was spending millions of dollars to, to investigate your life. Everything that you've done wrong. And that they've looked at everything that you've done wrong and then did everything they can to publicize all of your sins and all the weaknesses and sins in your family. Well, well Paul, Paul says that the Lord knows all the things that we've done. And yet he still chose you. He still elected you. He chose you to be holy and blameless. When God looks at you because of Jesus, he doesn't see all those things that could be investigated, uh, all those things that could be um, interrogated, all those things that could be looked at. God sees you're holy and blameless. And so now we want to live a new life of repenting of those sins and and calling them out and exposing our our sinful life so that Jesus can continue to wash us clean and we stand before God holy and blameless. Paul goes on, he says, In love he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with the pleasure, his pleasure and will, to the praise of his glorious grace which he has freely given us in the ones he loves. God predestined us. That means that that God worked this plan um, to to work all things out to make sure you were adopted into his family. Um, He he predestined you. That that God had a whole plan to adopt you into his family. He's going to work out all things in your life so that you would become his, part of his family. And once you're part of the family... (laughs) The only way to get out of the family is for us to run away from God, to, to, to run from him. That's such good news because I wonder if, if most of us have this idea that, that maybe God is done with us. Maybe he's had enough of us. Maybe he doesn't want to deal with us anymore. And Paul says, you've been predestined to be adopted. You're adopted. You're in God's family through Jesus Christ. In Jesus Christ, you're part of his family. And so nothing that happens the next few weeks in the election is going to change that you've been chosen, that you've been predestined to be adopted. And then the third thing he says is, in him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of his grace, which he lavished on us. Um, He said we've been redeemed, redemption, that means bought out of slavery, bought out of the slavery of our sins through Jesus' blood. Yes, our sin is real, it's it's, it's wicked, but Jesus decided to die for it with his blood to buy us out. And now he says he's lavished on us God's grace. I love that word lavish. It it makes me think of, 
of, of how my Uncle Harvey taught me how to butter banana bread. He, he taught me that when you butter banana bread, you got to make sure you get all sides of the banana bread. You got to get a nice thick layer of butter around every side and just leave enough room just for your, your fingers to be able to grab that banana bread. And, and that's what God's done with his grace. He's lavished it on us. All, he, he lavished us with his grace, with his forgiveness, with his acceptance in Jesus Christ. And there is nothing that could happen in the next few weeks to take that blessing from you, to take away God's grace. So my opening question was, why doesn't this election need to make or break you? Because in Christ, you have nothing to lose. I know all the political ads are saying, if your candidate doesn't win, you have everything to lose. But there are some things, no matter who's in power, that you cannot lose, that cannot be taken away from you that you've been chosen to be holy and blameless, that you've been redeemed by God's blood, that you've been predestined to be adopted into his family. And not only do you have nothing to lose, but but you have a lot to gain. You know, I know, again, the political ads say that that only if your candidate gets into power, that's the only way that that you're going to have gain in this life. But Paul tells us that in Christ Jesus, repenting in, uh, of our sins, um, exposing our sins, coming to Jesus with forgiveness, um, we have a ton to gain. And so here's what he says. With all wisdom and understanding, he made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ. So God is revealing his mysterious plan. He's got a plan. I know uh, he's got a plan. And, and that means, um, and it's a mysterious plan. That means that we couldn't figure this out all by ourselves. And he's got this plan that he's going to fulfill in Christ Jesus. Now, when is he going to fulfill this plan? He, he tells us, he says, it's going to be put in, fe- in effect when times reach their fulfillment. In other words, he's going to fulfill this plan on the last day. And what is the plan? What is, what is Jesus' campaign promise? What is he going to put into effect? He says this, to bring unity to all things in heaven and earth under Christ. To bring unity. I know we live in the United States of America. And, and the reason it's called the United States of America is not just the name of our country, it's also the mission of our country. When the founders started our country, they, they looked at what they saw in, in the old country in Europe, and they had a chance to have a do-over. They had a chance to, to have a united country that wasn't going to be divided with, with all sorts of other things. And so when they set up this country, they also knew that that because we're fallen human beings, we needed checks and balances if we were ever going to reach any kind of unity. They knew that we are by nature sinful, and so they they set up three branches of government. Um, They they set up all the checks and balances necessary because of our fallenness. They they made sure there was term limits so that we would have a presidency and not, um, not a monarchy because they knew that, that we were fallen human creatures. And so we've tried to be a United States of America, and, and there's been times in our history where we've gotten better than others, uh, times where we've, we've, we've furthered that unity. But what we've never been able to fully realize, to be completely unified, Jesus says he is going to do that when he comes again on the last day. He's going to bring unity, not just in a country, not just among citizens, but to all things. On the last day, 
He's going to resurrect our bodies and our, our bodies and souls will be unified. On the last day, heaven is going to come down and, and heaven and earth are going to be unified. He says that he's going to unify everything in heaven and on earth under Christ. And the most important unity that we're going to have is we're going to be unified with God and one another. Uh, we're going to be part of God's church of, uh, that's made up of every tribe, language, and people, and race, and background. And then God is going to come down and dwell with us again, just like he did in the beginning. And so that's his campaign promise. That's where he is leading history towards complete unity in Jesus Christ. And and so today is the day to repent of our sin, to trust in Jesus, because we have so much to gain. And so back to our original question, it said this, uh, why doesn't this election need to make or break you this year? Because in Christ, you have nothing to lose and everything to gain. Nothing to lose and everything to gain. That, that he promises that he's moving this world towards complete unity, that on the last day when he comes, he's going to unify all things. Now, if that's what God is up to, if we have nothing to lose, everything to gain, if God is moving this story along, um, what are we going to do now? What should we do with our time right now if we have nothing to lose, everything to gain in Christ? Well, Paul says what he's doing is he's praying. Paul says this, he says, For this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all God's people, I have not stopped giving thanks for you remembering you in my prayers. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. So Paul says, what I'm doing with the time, because I have nothing to lose, everything to gain, because uh, the things that I have in Jesus, um, not even Rome can take from me. I'm praying, and I'm praying that the eyes of your heart may be opened, that you may know God better. I'm praying that you would know God better. What a beautiful prayer. You know, Paul's not praying uh, that there would be a new Caesar in Rome. Uh, He's not necessarily praying for his freedom from um, imprisonment. He's not praying for less persecution. Paul is praying that you and I, that God's people, would know Jesus better. And what what does that mean? He says, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people, and his incomparably great power for us who believe. So Paul's, it's kind of a strange idea, um, that your, the eyes of your heart would be enlightened. Um, that you would see the world from a spiritual perspective, from the eyes of your heart. Uh, from a spiritual perspective. We know all the things that we can see with our, our, our human eyes. We can see all of the division, all of the chaos, all of the, the, the turmoil in the election process, in politics, in our world, all those things that are going on. But Paul says, look at the world by faith. And he prays that we would look at the world by faith so that we would see the hope that we have in Christ of his return and where he's moving this world and the power that we have in Jesus. So he prays that our eyes would would see the reality, to see past the the stuff that that you can see um, by sight and that we would live by faith. And he goes on to explain um, the power, this hope and this power. He says, that power is the same as the mighty strength 
strength that he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, every name that is invoked, not only in this present age, but also in the one to come. So our hope is not in ourselves. Our hope is not in a candidate. Paul says he prays that we would find our hope in the resurrected Jesus and the power that he has. Because not only did Jesus, uh, was in he raised from the dead, Paul says that now he has ascended to the right hand of God above all things. Um, He's ascended far above all rule and and authority and power and dominion in every name that is invoked. So so Paul is saying that, that he prays that we would see that Jesus is over every president, every kingdom, all things, as he sits at the right hand of the Father. He makes that even clear in this last verse. He says, And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be the head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. Paul prays that we would see that all things are under Christ, under his feet, and he is the leader over everything. That means that that no matter who is elected, they will have to answer to the Lord. If President Trump is re-elected, whether he knows it or not, he is still under the authority of Jesus and he will have to answer to Jesus. And if former Vice President Joe Biden is elected, he will have to answer to Jesus. He's still under the authority of Jesus, whether he acknowledges it or not. And what Paul is saying is that we need to look at our world. He prays that we would see the world by the eyes of faith, to be convinced that that, that Jesus is going to use all of this, Paul says, for the church, for God's people. He's going to use it all for God's people. But we can often forget this. And so Paul prays for us and he wants us to pray ourselves. And so uh, those of you who are getting together in your life groups, whether you're meeting online or Zoom or in person, Um, When you get together with your life groups this next week, the practice that we're going to be following is praying. And and whether you're in a life group or not, I I, I would hope that that this week you would focus on prayer. Now, we could pray for all sorts of things. We could pray for our country, pray for the election, uh, pray for, for all sorts of things. But Paul says we should pray that our eyes would be open to see Jesus. So here's the takeaway. Pray that we believe that Jesus reigns. Pray that we believe that no matter who's elected, Jesus is in charge. And so maybe you could pray every morning something like this. Pray every morning something like this. Lord, today politicians and leaders will tell me stories that might trouble me, making me feel anxious, angry, or afraid. Open the eyes of my heart to see and believe that you are still king over all kingdoms and ruler over all rulers, and you will use all things for the good of your church. In Jesus' name. Now, we have a couple more weeks in this election, and uh, it's probably going to get worse before it gets better. And, and whether you're the kind of person that, that is going to be watching every news story uh, listening to every story, watching every video, following every trend. 
or you're the kind of person that's going to take a break for a little while uh, and need to kind of turn everything off. Whether whatever you are, um, I pray that that you would see that Jesus is in charge. I pray that that you wouldn't fall into this idea, this lie that that what really matters could actually be taken from you because Paul says it can't. That when it comes to things that really matter, that you have been chosen, that, that you have been predestined into adoption into God's family, that you've been forgiven for all of your sins, and that you have the hope of glory, that God is bringing all things to unity in Christ Jesus, those important eternal things, when it comes to those things, you have nothing to lose and everything to gain, no matter who's elected. So I don't want to minimize this. Uh, This election is important. Um, Things will change because whoever is elected. I don't want to minimize all of the the concerns that we have. And so pray. Yeah, it's okay to pray for uh, the election, pray for our politicians, pray for our country, pray for all those things. But most of all, I pray that you be able to lift your eyes from the ads, lift your eyes from the chaos, to lift your eyes and see Jesus as King of Kings, President over presidents, that he is in charge and he is working all things out for your good. Let's pray. Lord God, we can be filled with so much anger and anxiety and fear because of the things that could happen in this election. And so I pray, Lord God, that you would show us what can't be taken away from us, the things that Paul praises you for, that we've been chosen and predestined and forgiven and redeemed, that you're bringing this whole world to be unified in Jesus Christ. And I I pray, Lord God, that, that we would pray, that we'd become a people of prayer, that we would pray every day to see you, to walk with you, to to believe that no matter what happens in the next few weeks, you're still in charge. And so, Lord God, give us the the capacity to live not by sight, but by faith, Uh, to to live in, in hope and the power of your resurrection. In your name we pray. Amen. God bless you, and I hope to see you soon. Thanks for listening to The Victory Podcast brought to you by Victory of the Lamb in Franklin, Wisconsin. For video sermon archives, more information about us, and to let us know how we can meet you where you're at, go to victoryofthelamb.com.